Hello and welcome to this week's edition of BPM Pod, a special bonus edition where we're going to be talking about an album that I like, let's put it that way, that's brand new and just come out. Before we get into that, though, normally you know that on BPM Pod, we like to feature the unsung talent, the people that perhaps don't get enough exposure here and there. Now, in between times, of course, we do talk about bands that are a bit famous and a bit well known because they influence us, we listen to them, so on and so forth. So we just want to share that with you. Very rarely, though, do we review famous music, signed musicians that are out there. However, this week we make an exception. There's a band that's out there at the moment who a lot of people really respect. Rock royalty has come calling to, and they've gathered quite a following over the last few years, particularly the last sort of five and six years with a couple of albums, one of which won the Best Rock Album at the 60th Grammy Awards in 2017. I am talking about The War on Drugs, the band, the American rock band from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, They've been around since 2005, uh, extensively touring and making music. They began with the album Wagon Wheel Blues. Then they've released a few albums since, uh, five albums in total, Slave Ambient, Lost in the Dream, A Deeper Understanding, and the most recent, I Don't Live Here Anymore. I was very privileged to get a first listen to this album, which was fantastic. Got a little bit ahead of release, so I've been listening to all of the songs, and I'm going to share with you, on day of release now, a few clips of the songs here and there, and we'll go through the album track by track to give you my thoughts on their latest album. So as I said, famous band for sure. Definitely not unsigned or unsung. I think they're part of Atlantic Records these days, but definitely a band worth talking about. So here is a quick BPM pod review of the latest War on Drugs album, I Don't Live Here Anymore. So first off, some overall things about this album. It's taken a far more synth-heavy approach. I would say that you can feel the influences of people like Simple Minds, uh, maybe even a little bit of Dire Straits here and there. I want to even say bands like Duran Duran have had some sort of influence here. There's this very heavy 80s pop rock vibe. I hear a bit of Tom Petty, a little bit of Bruce Springsteen, a little bit of Bruce Hornsby, a little bit of Don Henley, a little bit of the Eagles, a little bit of Bob Dylan though as well here and there. It's um, quite varied, but it's all in that realm of driving classic rock. So let's start with the first track, uh, Living Proof. This is the most Dylan-ish and simple song on the album. It's quite somber, 
quite a sort of lull in, you know, nice sort of comforting start to the album. Uh, talking about sort of self-doubt and damage and mental struggles that you might have as you go through life. It's well orchestrated. It does take a while to get going. And I know that they released this as the first song off the album, a teaser way back, a few months back in 2021. And um, people weren't that uh, complimentary about it. They thought it was a little bit dull, a little bit boring. I can't say that I agree with that. I mean, it just is a ballad. And um, I quite like the idea that you release as your lead single something a bit more somber and thoughtful. I think that that's quite nice. So uh, Living Proof is the first track, definitely the most Dylan-esque on the album. And a decent start for sure. I'm only moving. I'm in Chicago. Come to me now. I know the path I know it's changing I know the pain The pain you've been feeling I've been to the place That you've tried escaping I But then things kick into gear. The second song is Harmonia's Dream. It's got a weird title, and I must admit, when I looked at the titles alone, this was the one that I didn't like at all. I read the title and thought, that's going to be a bit weird. It's probably a bit ambient or something. They used to do a lot of ambient tracks, a lot of sort of instrumental ambient stuff. And I did think that oh, maybe this is one of those. How wrong I was just by the title alone. Already on the first listen, I knew that this was one of my absolute favorite War on Drugs songs. For War on Drugs fans, if you imagine the song In Reverse, it comes from the album Lost in the Dream, and you cross that with In Chains from a deeper understanding, this is what you would get. The instrumentation is superb, and despite the simplicity of the chords and the melody, there is a lot to unpack here. Uh, the sound gets bigger and bigger and it just builds and progresses and I'm not quite sure how they balance all of the influences and all of the instruments together. It doesn't ever sound chaotic. It doesn't sound like things are fighting. It sounds complete and well mixed and mastered. Uh, so credit there. I think Sean Everett uh, is the mixer and master of this album, producer of this album. and. Uh, it's done a fantastic job, really. There's so many layers to all of these songs. And um, it's probably most reflected here on Harmonious Dream, which is one of the best The War on Drugs songs to date. Easily one of my favourites. And it balances this dire straight sound with something of Bruce Hornsby or Tom Petty.
uh, speaking of which, Change being the third track, which is released before uh, they released as well as a teaser for the album, is the most Bruce Hornsby in the range sounding track here, which is no bad thing. It's quite gentle and soothing and relaxed. Um, ends on a wonderful piano outro. We don't hear enough extended outros these days in rock or pop music. You know, where it builds through the middle and by two and a half minutes, the chorus and verses are kind of done and they tail off into this long outro. I haven't heard many songs do that for a while, not of the sort of pop rock genre, at least. Uh, Of course, you do get that still, but it's not quite to this level. It reminded me most of this one of like Manchester Orchestra, actually, another band I really, really like. Um, Just bringing out those sort of 70s, 80s influences and modernizing them a little bit. I Don't Want to Wait is the next track on the album and is probably my least favourite. I'm not a big fan of the vocals and how they sound, so I normally like a telephone vocal, but this kind of sounds like a dark robotic distortion. And for me, it goes on a little bit too long and it's almost, it's neither experimental enough nor reserved enough. I actually think it could have benefited from being something heavier the vocals here are trying to sort of emulate a Led Zepp kind of sound on like No Quarter, if you know that song, this kind of very distorted, manipulated vocal. And I think it could have done better for having more of an inspiration from someone like Queens of the Stone Age or Sharon Van Etten or something like that with like a darker, heavier feel to it. And instead, it sort of rests in this Miami's Vice kind of 80s sound and it does get going but I didn't really gel with it. It kind of starts dark and a bit weird and then it ends on like a Brian Adams sounding chorus. I just kind of feel like I've heard everything here before and not every element has been explored enough. I really wish it had gone for this darker, deep ambient sound, perhaps. Um, Something Sharon Van Etten based from her album um, that came out a little while ago, Remind Me Tomorrow. There's a few songs on there that have this real sort of drone haunting sound and I think this could have been one of those songs. Victim is next. Love this track. Uh, not the most original title, but I love it. Sounds like, again, Don Henley, Simple Minds, Depeche Mode and Springsteen all went a little bit crazy on a synth 
and then decided to replicate the sounds on any instrument other than a synth. And the result is kind of this electro dance rock Fleetwood Mac sound. I think Fleetwood Mac have this song called like Call Me or something like that from years ago. And it's got this kind of sound to it. Almost little lies-ish, you know, these little bell synth sounds here and there. It's pretty superb, actually. It balances some really wicked guitar licks uh, with some work on harmonica, but also these kind of drum programmed, almost dance-like drums. And it's got this wonderful theme of being a victim of desire. So it's got this sort of touching subject, but it's also quite light and danceable. Um, It's probably the most pop-driven song on this album. I'm not saying it's necessarily my favourite, but I do really like it still. Then we move on to I Don't Live Here Anymore, which is the title track and one I've gushed about a lot before. It's one the more I listen to, the more I tire of. Um, But I think that that's happened because I've heard the other songs on this album and just think they're better. This is the most Tom Petty sounding song. Very sort of spoken lyrics almost. Not really too much to the melody. Uh, Two or three chords. And it's a real stadium sing-along song. What I do think this track benefits from is the band Lucius, who are a female-led rock pop band from Brooklyn, who sing backing vocals on this. And they've just got such this lush texture. They just bring out something here. And it really makes me think, wow, the war on drugs could benefit from this more, actually, this, uh, this vocal section behind them, especially with these resonant, melodic female voices. Um, They really add another layer here. If you haven't checked out Lucius, by the way, please do so. Wonderful, wonderful band. Speaking of bands that are underrated, uh, definitely them. Uh, Wonderful stuff online, loads of stuff online. Uh, Got quite a big following through YouTube and some of their music videos. So definitely check them out. This is the most radio friendly for sure. And I really loved it when it came out. I'm slightly tiring of it now. So I think I might need to stop listening to it for a while. Um... It's probably the least surprising track as well. By this point, you've really sort of got used to this sound and where it's sequenced in the album probably doesn't help. It's a little sort of, doesn't really jump out at you at this point. Still, it's a lovely track. Brings in 80s driving rock uh, sounds to the modern era. So I'm a big fan. Old Skin comes next, and this is the first true ballad on the album and is a welcome respite at this point. Starts with one of the weirdest and maybe 
weakest lines from The War on Drugs, which is, I was born in a pyramid by an old interstate. I mean, it's intriguing, but it's also obscure to a point that's kind of laughable, actually. With that said, it's fine enough and sparse enough and poignant enough to be touching, but it's not their strongest ballad, nor the most original. Builds well to the chorus, and it's got another Bruce Hornsby-inspired piano part that opens up to a thumping rock chorus. But by this point, we've kind of trodden this ground a bit. Um, it actually kind of comes across like a power ballad in the end. Reminds me most of John Waite's song, Missing You. So it kind of feels a bit cliche and a little bit I know, lacking in some sort of ingredient. I'm not really sure which. I can see this being used in montages or in some kind of 80s high school disco scene. Uh, it wouldn't be out of place there. And um, I think it's good. You know, it's not it's not bad at all. And it's got these decent themes to it and and stuff. But by this point, I think you've kind of gotten used to the sound of this album. And I found this one a little tiring. Wasted is next. A fast little number, this one. Most reminiscent of something Rod Stewart. Reminded me most of Roxy Music, actually. Um, pretty straightforward pop song, usual instrumentation, lyrical themes and so on from The War on Drugs. Nothing really to write home about here. And it's probably likely tied with I Don't Want to Wait as the most forgettable tracks on this album. It's a little samey. Even with the sort of hard-struck guitar refrain, it can't really save it. It's just a little, um, little samey by this point. As you can tell, by this point in the album, I am tiring from it a little bit. I love The War on Drugs, I really do, but I wonder if, the, in creating their most accessible album, I wonder if they've also created kind of a forgettable one. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Let's do the last two songs first. Rings Around My Father's Eyes is the penultimate track. Another straight ballad, though this time more in the vein of their previous ones, which is certainly Dylan-inspired. Soft, melancholy, saddening, most similar to You Don't Have to Go from the album A Deeper Understanding, which is a helpless, downtrodden tale of being apart from the ones you love and being unable to get back the time that's always ticking away. It's memorable, for sure and taps into a sense of longing that I experience when I'm away from home, even if I'm just going to work or, you know, out for the day or something. So there's something to it for sure. Uh, again, probably not the most memorable for me. I still think by track two and three, they've kind of peaked at this point, like it sort of reaches a peak quickly. And the album for me tails off ever so slightly since track two, three, four. Rings around my father's eyes. Straight ballad, decent. I feel like something's changed. 
storm outside My walls are raging They're coming back down In the hardest way There's a rain protecting me Rings around my father's eyes Light above the morning sea And finally, to round off the album, Occasional Rain. This one's grown on me a lot. It's a lovely track to round off the album. It's hopeful and optimistic, but also reflective and a little bit reminiscent and nostalgic. And just as it feels it should kick into gear, it pulls back really nicely to round everything off, reflecting on the themes of love and loss. And it kind of reflects back all of the themes of the album in one little package at the end. Things are hard, life gets you down, and people disappoint you, even the ones you love. But it's really only some occasional rain. All these things pass. I can see this one ending gigs very nicely, as the band sort of leave the stage. Maybe Adam Granducciol, the lead singer and rhythm guitarist, starts leaving the stage as the rest of the band play. Lights dip, comes to an end. Would be a lovely way to end. And I think it's a fitting end to an overall great album. You know I'll be playing Come around, don't take it hard Don't let them stone you When the come down starts You've been moving much too fast You never know just where it ends What will I find Living this life I got swept up in a world so strange One you never even recognize But let's jump into some negatives because you heard me mention some while we're there so let's just summarise them while we're here If I had any it's really that some of the art rock ambience is missing here that's been replaced by Heartland Rock and Pop That's quite a luxury problem to have. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, and I think the war on drugs have really come to their sound now. The problem is that in finding their sound, it's allowed less room for experimentation, less room for unpredictability. And you found that on some of their previous albums, like Slave Ambient and such. You had these instrumental passages, which were a little bit odd and a bit weird, and you don't really have the space for that now. The ongoing issue for me, though, with the war on drugs centers around the lyrical themes. Now, none of the lyrics are bad, and they're certainly nine, like better than 90% of pop rock today. But I still do find the same themes of change and growth and moving on, the light, the darkness, they're slightly overmilked at times. Now, this comes from someone who also tries to write songs, and I find myself relying on the same themes over and over. So, you know, I'm no better than the war on drugs here, or anyone else for that matter. But it does feel a little impersonal. It's the same problem I have with the war on drugs that I have with someone like the Foo Fighters. I love the Foo Fighters, but I do find their lyrics aren't as connectable, relatable. Um, that's what I really love about people like Phoebe Bridges and Sharon Van Etten again, uh, Angel Olsen. 
And then even older people like Jackson Brown, James Taylor, stuff like that. It's this confessional style where you really hear what they're thinking and what they're feeling. And it's unapologetic. Mount Erie is someone else who's very similar, by the way. Definitely go and check that out. Sunkill Moon, another one. Um, and even though the styles there are completely different, it is more personal. Now, I know that that's not what the War on Drugs is aiming for. They aren't necessarily confessional, a confessional artist in that way. Similar with Manchester Orchestra, Queens of Stone Age, War on Dr- um, Foo Fighters, other bands I absolutely love. Even bands like Queen, who I think are the best band ever. I don't think another band comes close even. Um, I love them. I'm a super fan of them. But, you know, the lyrics aren't the strongest. It's a similar thing to The War of Drugs here. Great band, really fantastic. But I really do feel that in creating these stadium rock tracks, you're still going to sing them out loud, but there's always going to be this kind of disconnect. It's just not hitting home for me. So let's try to be as objective as possible here. This could be the strongest War on Drugs album to date, even if it is the most predictable. I think it's the most confident release they've had and the best mixed and the best balanced. And I think they utilize the whole band brilliantly here. I think they combine so many different influences in such a fitting, radio-friendly way. So in that sense, I think it's their most confident release. They really feel like a unit. They really feel like a band. But I'm not sure it's my favorite album, per se. That, for me, is still 2014's Lost in the Dream. It affected me in such a profound way. And this is no exaggeration. Literally changed my life. Now, I know that people say you shouldn't use the word literally. How did it literally do it? It really did. It shaped and altered the way I look at music, the music I've connected to since, the way I make music, the song ideas I have, the reflections I have on life, even my mental health in some way improved. That album to me, Lost in the Dream, is one of the greatest albums I've ever heard. And it will personally be in my top 10 for sure. Forever, forevermore. I love that album. I have such a connection to it. So nothing for me will replace that album. I don't know that it's everyone's favorite War of Drugs album though. It isn't the most accessible perhaps. That was a weird phase between Slave Ambient and a deeper understanding where they started finding this more anthemic rock sound. So if you want to look at it from that perspective, I Don't Live Here Anymore is probably their strongest album. For me, their most predictable, but it is their most confident. It's their most rounded, the best sounding as well, even if it's still not my personal favorite. But to put that into perspective, I don't think the War on Drugs, except Wagon Wheel Blues, not very good in my opinion, have released an album that's below a 7 out of 10 rating, really. Which is astonishing. I don't know many bands that have that level of consistency. So um, this is up there for sure. Uh, There are elements of everything I love on this album. And I'm sure that after a couple of solo night drives listening to this at a far too high volume, I'm going to fall in love with it even more definitely seek it out. That's all I've got on this bonus edition of BPM Pod. 
Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for your continued support over all of these episodes. You know where to get in touch with us. You can go to Facebook. You can go to Instagram. That's at BPMPod. And you can go to BPMPod.com. We do take your correspondence seriously. We thank you so much for getting in touch. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are. I know we've got fans nowadays, not just in Germany, Sweden, where we sort of, you know, have our links. We've got fans now in the UK. We've got fans now in Canada. We've got fans now in the US. We've got some fans in Australia. We have seen a few pop up in Russia. I've seen a few pop up in Brazil. Like, thank you so much for listening, whoever you are. And we're not the most listened to podcast in the world. Probably gets a couple of hundred downloads every episode and about a thousand or so listens. But we value every single one of you. Until next time on BPM Pod, we're going to have a more gear-heavy episode. There's the Halloween episode coming out as well. If you're listening to this chronologically, the Halloween episode is still to come. But after that, we're going to have a more gear-based episode thereafter. No guest. And we're going to talk a lot about uh, gear we love, gear we don't like, gear failings we've had as well. So that's going to be a big musical nerd episode. So tune in for that if you're interested. Until next time, thank you very much again. Stay safe out there, everybody, and I'll speak to you soon.